The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Michigan gets punched in the mouth and manages to punch back. We'll examine the Big Ten opener against Maryland and forecast what it may or may not mean moving forward next on Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Yep, Clark. Hey, 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 you can't be the hardest guy. Now what? Brady gets terrific. Closer, and a touchdown night again. Schultz, just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Closer at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Go Blue, I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast, which is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. I've got two prize picks for you again this week. I'm 6-4 and four on these so far this season. And for the first time since week one, we've got Michigan games that we can forecast as well. I'm going to take one Hawkeye and one Wolverine this week for the Michigan side. I'm going to go J.J. McCarthy over 209 and a half passing yards. Now, I'm not confident it'll be much more than that. All right, but I'm going to go over the 209.5 because I don't think Michigan will have nearly the success running the football that they had a week ago, and we'll have to throw it more. And Iowa's pass defense this year, at least so far, has not fared very well despite a lot of experience there. So I'm going to go J.J. McCarthy over 209.5 passing yards. And then on the Hawkeye side, I'm going to go with their outstanding tight end, Sam Laporte. Remember, he had some success against us in the Big Ten championship game last year. 
year until the game just kind of got away from Iowa and then they had to get outside of their game plan. I'm going to go over three receptions for Laporta. They're moving him around. He's not just a tight end. They're playing him outside at receiver. I think he's going to be their big weapon or at least what amounts to their big weapon on offense come Saturday. So J.J. McCarthy over 209.5 yards passing. Sam Laporta over three catches. You might be wondering, what is prize picks? I'm glad you asked. Prize picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Just pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times what you bet on any entry. they got a ton of stats. As you just saw, we did passing yards, receptions. Anything you're looking for this football season, they can do at Prize Picks. You can even do mixed sports entries and more. Prize Picks, an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. So get Prize Picks the app now because it's the best legal way to play player props in states like California, Florida, Texas, and of course, Michigan. Download the Prize Picks app today. Set up your account. Use the promo code Michigan when you do. Promo code Michigan when you do, and you'll get an instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Again, download the Prize, Pick, Prize Picks app today in the App Store or Google Play. Use the promo code Michigan for the setup and get an instant deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Which brings us back to the game against Maryland. I want to say this first and foremost. That was the toughest mentally and physically Maryland team we have seen since it joined the Big Ten. I mean, any other previous Maryland teams we have seen, you start off the game like that where a guy lets the kickoff bounce off his face mask and Michigan scores eight seconds into the game. I mean, it was going to be 21-3 here at the end of the first quarter. Or when Michigan extended it to a two-score lead at the end of the game and then the backup quarterback had to come in and they started scrambling. Uh, I mean, that could have been a pick six, something else, and all of a sudden now Michigan's put a 40-burger on you and is at, at or you know right over the point spread and it doesn't look like it was as contested as it was. Maryland showed more fight than what we have seen. And that may project well for them moving forward because there is some real talent on that team, particularly at receiver, running back, quarterback. I mean, you have Talia Tagovailoa in his third year as a starter now. They got a couple of NFL guys, um, you know, in the offensive line. I like some of their cover guys as well. There's some talent on that team. They have had a couple of uh, top 30 or so recruiting classes in a row under Mike Loxley. So before we get into what it means for Michigan, let's tip the cap to the opponent. Uh, I thought Michigan, or I thought Maryland showed a lot more grit and toughness than we are accustomed to out of that football program. Here's what it means for the Wolverines. I I actually think it's about a perfect game. I mean, Michigan needed a game. You You guys, if you're not from Iowa, and I am, there might not be another stadium in America as a top five team. I mean, their record under Kirk Ferentz against top five teams is insane. One of those W's, of course, came against us back in 2016. Jimmy has not won, has never won a game at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, as, as a player, he lost there when he was number two in the country, and they were number one. He hasn't won a game there yet uh, as, as a coach here. Of course, he's only been there one time, but he has yet to win a game in Kinnick Stadium. Michigan hasn't won a game in Kinnick Stadium since 2005. You do not want to be a top five team coming in, feeling great about yourself, thinking your feces doesn't stink, having not taken a punch, because who knows how good Iowa is in a given year, and usually we kind of do know. 
Usually they're about eight to nine wins good. That's kind of almost an automatic. Last year they got to 10 and overperformed their record analytically. There's other years where they've gone eight and four and underperformed their record analytically. The one thing you know you're going to get from Iowa when you go into their stadium, especially when you're highly rated, you're going to get into a fist fight. They are going to punch you in the mouth. And if you have not taken a punch, if you've not been in that situation, then that's where upsets happen. And I think this is almost exactly the situation that Michigan needed. J.J. needed to show some humanity. I mean, we're still talking about a guy that had a quarterback rating of 165. To put that into context, there were only four games last year that Cade McNamara had a quarterback rating of 165 or higher. Only four. And we're acting like J.J. gave us his C-minus effort last week. But he needed to experience some failure. And he needed to see what the cost of the hero ball stuff. You cannot do that in Iowa City. You you hero ball in Iowa City, man, and that's a pick six and maybe the only touchdown they get the entire game. He needed to experience some failure. We needed to see the running game hit some big plays. It did. We needed to see the defense against a real offense. And in terms of offensive skill, that might overall be, it's at least the third most talented offense we will see this year behind Penn State and Ohio State. And I, and I think you could argue whether it's, as, it's better than Penn State when you look at the, the full core of receivers that it has. But at least that's the third most talented offense we're going to see this year. We had to see a defensive coordinator make adjustments. These guys hadn't played in the fourth quarter all year. And the season was, you know, a fourth of the way over. Michigan needed to be in a fight. Now, I understand when you're 17 points and underdog, you aren't anticipating you're going to be in one. But I, 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 I mean, there's a reason why that wasn't one of my picks this past week. I thought that spread was a little ridiculous. Keep in mind, Maryland won seven games last year, won a bowl game last year. A lot of these guys are back. So I think Michigan needed to be in a fight. Michigan needed to show it could take a punch. It's possible you may not see Cade McNamara and Eric All play for Michigan again with their injuries. I mean, you're you're without a senior captain there at quarterback. Uh, without another captain, a guy who, you know, was one of the spokesmen of your team at Big Ten Media Days. There's a lot of really talented players on this team, but they have they're not, you know, yet of the leadership variety. This team needed to be in a fight. It needed to show it could get knocked down. And it could get back up. And I think that has the potential to pay huge dividends for Michigan moving forward starting this weekend. Now, the one thing you cannot do against Iowa, the J.J. McCarthy hero ball stuff's got to go. You cannot do this, do that against these guys. They are the, this is the most disciplined assignment, sound defense Michigan will face all season long. They have a long, decades-long, from Norm Parker now to Phil, uh, a decades-long identity that is deeply embedded in this program in terms of its defensive DNA. And with the exception of Raider packages and some exotics on obvious passing situations on third down, they don't break stride or break scheme for no man. They're going to run their stuff. They know where they're going to be. The question is, do you know where you're going to be and where they are? You cannot do the hero ball stuff. 
And JJ said after the game, that's what Charles Woodson took him aside and kind of said, "Hey, young man, you know, young buck, lose those, use those legs that the good Lord gave you. Use that advantage." Now, I understand without Cade right now, you probably don't want him running around all over the place. But man, if your reads aren't there, get your five or six yards, and then young man, get down. Iowa's entire linebacker unit was on the Budkus Award uh, watch list heading into the season. Don't be taking shots from these guys. Get what you can get and get out of bounds or just throw the ball away. Easier said than done, though. It's J.J. McCarthy's first road start, and it's don't let Iowa nice. I'm from here. They're very nice people. They do the wave to the hospital at the end of the first quarter, but when the game is being played, they're some of the meanest fans in the conference. All right, they are right on top of you. All right. Um, you, a lot of this game is going to come down to whether J.J. McCarthy can play within himself or if he tries to play hero ball. If he tries to play hero ball, then Iowa can reduce Michigan into its turnover-laden rock fight. If he plays within himself, then, you know, really Iowa is attempting to play a football a lot of the same way Michigan does, but Michigan's going to do it with, you know, much higher recruited football players. And we saw what the result of that was in the Big Ten Championship game. Now, this, you know, the Kinnick Stadium is a lot different than playing Indianapolis, okay? You get out of there with a win anywhere close to the point spread, which is 10 right now, consider yourselves fortunate. Right now, if you're a Michigan fan, just take any win because you haven't had one in Iowa City in nearly 20 years. So a lot of this comes down to, on one hand, the coaches need to trust J.J. On the other hand, J.J. needs to show that he can be trusted. Because what Iowa wants is for you to draw up your stuff in a dirt and improvise. That's when Iowa does its best work. It stays assignment sound while you color outside the lines. You beat Iowa because you're as disciplined as they are, but you have better talent. And that's what Michigan needs to be on Saturday. We'll have more on this and last week's game against Maryland in a moment. Yes, folks, uh, we get asked a lot, hey, what can we do to support what you're doing here at Michigan Podcast? We can always like, rate, subscribe, share the content, but you can also uh, share uh, with us by supporting us on our Patreon page. There you can see we've had an outstanding season so far uh, with Major League Baseball picks uh, all year long. We've got win totals posted uh, for college football for every college football team uh, already posted to what? two months ago now, my season win total best bets for the season as well. With the season nigh, you'll be getting weekly picks and more for both college and pro football. We'll finish baseball strong. You don't want to miss it. College basketball is only about 100 days away. Just five bucks a month if you want to support us to get all this great exclusive content on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. That's Patreon. Dot com slash Michigan podcast. And as all as always, we want to thank the hundreds of you that are already supporting us there at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. Well, let's get a viewpoint from the other side of the scarlet and gray septic tank from our good friend Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. He's got a great channel right here on YouTube as well and covers the sport like almost nobody else does, man. He's got correspondents and stuff, stringers all over the country, a lot of great information. Good to see you again, Mark. And um, I want to get your take on what I just had to say. In summary, I actually think Michigan needed a game like this. I'd be very wary of going to Iowa City having never been punched in the mouth. You don't know how good and talented Iowa is, but you know that they will punch you in the mouth. 
And I think that when you're talking about senior captains like Eric All and Cade McNamara are not playing and may not play again this season, that there's a lot of talent on this team, but a lot of these guys have not had to come from behind before, have not taken a punch in the mouth before. And I, I just think they needed to be in a fight. There wasn't even a Washington on the schedule heading into Big Ten play, that they really needed a game like this. And I think at the very least, they just played the third most talented offense they're going to see all year. And I think it's debatable whether Maryland's offensive talent is there with a Penn State or not. But what do you think? Is that too much good spin? What say you? I'll liken it uh, in some respects to Ohio State's uh, game against Notre Dame in week one, uh, even though I think Michigan had even more to prove because of some key players not yet going on the road in the Big Ten and proving anything yet. Uh, but Ohio State proved some things, even though it wasn't a pretty effort against Notre Dame. So let's spin ahead to Michigan here against Maryland. And, of course, the guy that um, you got to be talking about first and foremost would be J.J. McCarthy because uh, he's only for two weeks now had the, the burden on his shoulders from uh, play one all the way to the conclusion of the game and the outcome of the game on his resume and um that has come in stages now it, it uh, came against uh, whomever they played yukon then now it's a big 10 team in maryland and a pretty darn good big 10 team and with without a great defense but an improving defense and an athletic defense and secondary in particular and some guys up front that uh, can make your life miserable and uh, now it's going to be ratcheted up considerably. So yeah, I, I think so too. I think this is a more meaningful game for Michigan and for JJ McCarthy than had they won this one. Let's say they hit him with a 21 spot in the first quarter and mm -hmm. they coast home to a 42 to 10 win. This is more meaningful for Michigan and JJ McCarthy. Straight up right now, S and P analytics, I think have Maryland, I think 32 or something right around there in the country. Is there a team in college football this year that from non-conference to conference will face a bigger step up in competition than Michigan? I mean, Michigan played a couple of teams that are rated below like 10 or 15 FCS teams in the Sagarin, right? And then the very night, then you go right from that to a top 30 team right out of your own conference. I don't know that there's another team in college football this year, Mark, that that will see that level of step up in competition from one juncture of the season to the next. Yeah, I tried to scan the country as quickly as possible. I come up with Ole Miss just because Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech being so right. awful, 42 nothing in that game. But even but, but they're at least a Power 5 team, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. There's nothing comparable to that. Um, Blake Corum, though. Uh, so, so I think it's important what he proved to us. We, we knew that the talent was there, and I enjoyed the con the comment that Jim Harbaugh made about uh, that really good running backs make their move about a yard or two uh, from the defender and then make that decision. And Blake Horam uh, can basically you can smell his breath at the point that he does, and that makes him impossible to, to get a hold of. Uh, because he, he reminds just... me a lot of J.K. Dobbins. They have the same build, they, the same kind of yeah. lean ahead. They 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 look a lot alike in terms of the style and build that they bring to the table. I don't know that he's maybe he's fast. He may not be quite that fast, but he reminds me a lot of J.K. Dobbins. No, it's a good call. So that's the positive of it. We gave it to Blake Corum thirty times, and he proved to be a man. Um, though we, I brought this up to you last week. Uh, what does this Michigan running back room look like? Um, 
in it looks the like they shouldn't have set Donovan Edwards out last week and got cocky and yeah, got it and got lucky to get away with it. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. Yeah, it's not a running back <laughs> room, but they running back. And it's just one guy, and CJ Stokes gets the ball one time and he he puts it on the carpet. Right, right. Of course, uh, that issue is 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 compromised to a certain extent because JJ McCarthy provides something in the run game himself, although he's not he doesn't want to be that guy, and I don't think they want him to be right. that He's guy. He's not Cam Newton out there. You don't want him tack, you know, taking yeah. hits 10, 15 times a game. You want him to run a few times so that everyone, every time there's a bluff run, the defense has to be honest and can't crash, and that's good enough, right? That's what you're looking for. They, they need Donovan Edwards back, and, yeah, so and he is him. going to be back this week. He, should have, he could have played last week, I believe. I think they got cocky and were lucky to get away with it. Yeah, so then I'll turn my attention to this Maryland offensive line with 99 starts, five starters back from Mm -hmm. last year. Um, You have uh, vocalized your uh, concerns about the pass rush to a certain extent after we saw it for three games, and and they had a clean pocket for him most of the time. They did. Now, here's, here's what we did learn, though. I don't think there's any question this is the best receiver group that we're going to face until the game at the end of the season. We held up in man coverage pretty much any time we tried it. And and so there's two ways to do this, right? You know, Don Brown used to, we used to lead the nation in pressure rate every year when Don Brown was here. But a lot of that was contrived. Now, I think people think that Don Brown went zero blitz every down. He did not. We typically only blitzed one extra guy, but we blitzed an extra guy every play. Which meant that there was always somebody with, 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 you know, there was always a hot read somewhere if you had time to get there. Or you can do the pressure the way we did it last year, where you had two first round picks at the edge and you could just sit back in your zones and rush those guys. Clearly, we're not going to be able to do that this year. And most teams in college football cannot, even great teams. Georgia wasn't a great pass rush team last year, for example. They don't have a bunch of guys with high sack totals. So, this year, we're going to have to be more of the Baltimore Ravens defense, more of the exotic blitzes. We're going to do more of that, be more aggressive. And the good news is that we have we, our coverage in the back end. If it can hold up against those guys, then I know it can hold up against pretty much anybody we're playing until we get to the end of the year. And then, you know, we'll see what happens when we get to Columbus. But I think that's something that we did learn, that against a competent offensive line, uh, that, that in Maryland's is at least competent, given the experience you're talking about. A couple of their guys are listed as NFL prospects. At, against a competent offensive line, we couldn't generate pressure with our front four. What we did find out, though, is when we generated pressure against the Blitz, with the Blitz, our guys, Jamon Green, DJ Turner, they targeted Jamon Green nine times in that game. So that was clearly their game plan to go after him. They had four catches for 28 yards. I'll take that every single week. All right. DJ Turner's as good of a cover corner as there is in the Big Ten. So it's just going to look more like a Baltimore Ravens defense and less like what it looked like last year. I'm afraid, Mark, they're they're just going to have to blitz more often. So going back to JJ, I should have brought this part of it up. So so you, you want the quarterback with the arm. So so the 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 issue is better with JJ missing throws downfield. I counted, I believe, five downfield throws he hit the one to yeah, he was Brian one Bell. for five on the downfield throws you're correct yes yeah. yeah yeah the other ones were all overthrown mm-hmm. so you'd rather have them overthrown than underthrown in terms of evaluating your quarterback because you can make adjustments if the guys just doesn't have a strong enough arm for your wide receiver room then you got problems so he obviously doesn't have that issue 
but he missed downfield. Again, it's not a large sample size, but that that is the take that came out of the game more so than any. And he did get a little loose with not necessarily with a football, but, you know, he ran you out of a field goal once. Mm -hmm. And then there was another play um, at midfield going in the same direction. I don't remember at what point in the game where he should have been thrown for a 12 or 15 yard sack because he was dancing around and Maryland just took bad pursuit angles on him. Uh, so there's got to be a little bit less of that. Again, you got to find that fine line between yep. letting him be an athlete and be who he is versus being a little less risk averse possibly. I think it's the running around in the pocket that is, is, is a bigger issue. Because that's where you have guys can get stripped from the blind side, everything of that nature. And I just think there's more pocket presence that's needed there. That internal clock, you get through your reads, you get to the, you get to four, and if there's, it's, there's not a place to plant your, your foot and throw the ball, then look to create on your own outside of the pocket, like running the football and getting the yardage you can get and getting down, as opposed to the, the dancing around and the pivots and the twists. You know, Devin Gardner did that here and was brilliant at it when he first started. Then he ended up getting lit up and killed so often that by the time we got to his senior year, you know, I mean, the guys, he you know, playing you guys with a broken foot. When, I mean, he was just too beat up and never fulfilled the promise that he had as a recruit. And so if you're coaching J.J. McCarthy, and I know they are, you're telling him, yeah, we, that, that stuff, we're not doing that anymore, all right? Create outside the pocket, all right, where you're a threat to both either take off and run with the ball or, and then if the defense comes up, you throw it over their head. And if they don't, take what you can get, right? Do it that way, not, you know, the pirouettes and all that other stuff back there in the pocket where you're going to get killed, particularly against a defense like they're playing this week, and you're probably going to, you know, highly uh, increase the odds of turnovers. The deep throw percentage you want better, but the fact that Michigan put five deep throws on tape in a Big Ten game, if you're watching that, from this time forward, you have to respect that. You 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 have to know because first of all, those aren't high percentage throws, right? Okay, but even if you connected on one more of those, and that's another seven points, the fourth quarter looks even more different, right? Okay, but the fact that we threw five of those in his first Big Ten start, everybody else now has to recognize that is a regular part of our repertoire. The idea that you're just going to get away with putting eight in the box against the run. Every, you're just not going to be able to do that. There, we have a quarterback that we can throw the ball over your head with that, frankly, we didn't have last year, Mark. And, and that may loosen up an Iowa defense that's suffocating. So that may be a big difference in the game, not that you're going to score 45 on Iowa. Right. but uh, And, and those, those throws, though, weren't off fingertips. Those those were out there. Yep. Uh, then, then the other thing, just from an overall evaluation of uh, how good are these teams, and it's the it's the age-old question at this stage in the season, how good is the team that you just played? If it's not Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or somebody like that, we don't know uh, how, how good they are to a certain extent. But I think this Maryland team shows shows significant signs of breaking through the glass ceiling of the Big Ten Eastern Division. And, and you Yeah, know, I mean, I think they could win eight or nine games this year if we count a bowl game. Yeah. To, to a Michigan State or a Penn State, if yeah. not winning those games. Uh, but there were about four gifts in that game on the Maryland side to Michigan. Yes, there were. No question about it. But you have to take advantage of those gifts, too. I'm, I am I just think we desperately needed to take a punch, and we did. I'd have, oh, been, I'd have been very concerned 
because it would have looked a lot like 2016. We were just freaking housing people every week. The, the week before we went to Iowa City, when they looked like they were, they, were, they were done for the year, we beat Maryland 59-3, to all right? The next week we go down to Iowa City and we lose 13-12 to or whatever it is. I, we needed to play in a mosh pit against literally anybody just to take a punch. And if you look at last year, remember, Rutgers, Big Ten opener, Michigan barely survived that game, goes on the road to a place that doesn't traditionally win a lot. All right, and that's, you know, um, Camp Randall won that game. Almost the exact same scenario this year uh, with Iowa. So we'll see what happens. What's your prediction on the game? Do you have one yet? I don't, but I like the 10 and a half. I will tell you that right out of the gate. I love the 10 and a half points for Iowa. Can Iowa score 21 points if Michigan's not minus two in turnovers? It does seem... Why Iowa continues, this is the this is the brilliance of Phil Parker, how they continue to play way beyond the outlier statistics in terms of two turnovers for touchdowns against Rutgers last week. And that's a risk-averse offense that doesn't put it up much. And to be able to do that twice is incredible. So to, to think that they're going to be able to do that and keep it up. but I mean, uh, last week, Iowa won by 17 points despite almost an identical yards per play as Rutgers. Rutgers outgained them by almost 100 yards and had five more first downs. That is not a recipe to win a game by 17 points. Hell, half the time, it's not a game recipe to win a game at all, okay? Let alone by margin. How did they do it? Turnovers. They had two defensive touchdowns. That's how they did that. And if this was anybody else in America, I would say that can't be sustained, but it continues to be sustained year mm-hmm. after year after year for them and nobody else. That's why what I think is going to be fascinating here, and again, this reminds me of Wisconsin. Michigan had built up, you know, all these gaudy rushing stats, and now you're going up against the number one rush defense in the country in Wisconsin. Is Michigan going to really been will it be willing to loosen up the defense and throw it, right? Similar thing here. And that is we all know you cannot turn the ball over against Iowa, that that's really their offense. On the other hand, you're, you don't want to turn – there's no point in recruiting J.J. McCarthy and turning him into Cade McNamara either, right? However, you're trying to figure out, as you said, what that balance is. It's his fourth start, first on the road, and frankly, only second one ever against a team with a pulse. And so you're feeling him out while he's figuring it out at the same time, right? So again, it's very similar to what we saw last year, and now it just comes down to whether you we see a similar result or not. Good stuff, Mark. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. This week's Twitter poll results. We asked you, will Jim Harbaugh finally get his first win at Kinnick Stadium, either as a player or coach, on Saturday? 77% of you said yes. 23% of you said no. This is a lot like last year. Remember, Michigan struggled mightily against Rutgers, barely won that game, went on the road against a, a power out of the West Division in a stadium that rarely wins the next week at Camp Randall, big noon Saturday, uh, except this time it's Kinnick Stadium. This is almost exactly the way last season played out as well. Let's hope it has the same result. And that brings us to our feedback of the week. It comes from Jonathan Weiss. He says, when uh, when Bonnie posts on Facebook, she posts the gourmet 80s references and wins the internet. So I don't know who Bonnie Blossy Stewart is, but I liked this reference. Blake Corum was the man today. It was a pleasure to watch. Eighth 
best rushing total in a game in Michigan history, by the way. Blake Corum was the man today. It was a pleasure to watch. Instead of Betty Davis eyes, nice reference there to the number one song on the Billboard charts for 1983. Instead of Betty Davis eyes, he's got Barry Sanders thighs. Hey, I stood next to Barry Sanders once. And I know it's a total dude code violation to notice, man. Okay, but it was hard not to. First of all, he barely went up to my shoulders. Secondly, in those Zumba pants, the dude's thighs were like tree trunks. Now, I only took, of course, a passing glance because at least it's, at least the spirit of the dude code must be honored. So it wasn't like I was digging in there for a real good look, okay? But uh, yeah, it was dude had some serious, serious oak tree-like thighs. And, you know, Blake Corum brings some of that to the table as well. And you saw that again on Saturday. Hopefully we see it again this coming Saturday. In the meantime, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, share, whatever. Uh, and however you watch or listen, whether you're watching here on YouTube or listening right here on iTunes or Stitcher, help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. And remember to give us five-star reviews, share, etc. Uh, thank you to all of you that do all those things for us every episode. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter in between episodes. And for our instant, probably overly emotional takes on game day, at Michigan Podcast is where you can find us there on Twitter, at Michigan Podcast. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.